Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 394 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, Kari is here. And Kari has wisdom beyond her years. More on that in just a second. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, the tubeless insulin pump. You can find out more about the Omnipod and receive a free, no obligation demo of the pump in your home by going to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Today's show is also sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox is where you're going to learn more about the device that we use here in our home to make great decisions about insulin. It's early here. Where are you at? Seattle. Oh my God. Is it six o'clock in the morning? Or? It is because I wasn't expecting like everybody in my house to be home with the whole COVID thing. Gotcha. <laughs> so I thought, oh, this would be great. My husband would be at work, you know. Yeah. Now but you're no. <laughs> whispering in the corner, right? Exactly. Trying to be quiet and wake nobody up. But, I'm, you know. I'm actually doing the same thing and it's nine o'clock here. So <laughs> my, my kids have gone to a. Uh, a nocturnal existence. <laughs> so. Yes, I know. Well, good for them. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> okay, you're going to meet Kari in just a second, but here's a little bit about her. She's the mom of a child who has type 1 diabetes, a daughter, Amanda. And Amanda also has Down syndrome and hypothyroidism. You're going to learn a lot in this episode. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Hey, are you looking for a great type one doctor or do you have one to share with other people? Check out my webpage, juiceboxpodcast.com docs.com. It's an ever-growing and wonderful list of practitioners that have been sent in by the listeners. And if you're looking for those diabetes pro tip episodes, they begin at episode 210 in the podcast, or you can check them out at diabetesprotip.com. Last thing, if you're listening in an app right now, please remember to subscribe. Just push that button. My name is Kari. I've been married for almost 25 years. I've got a son that is 20, and I've got a daughter who is 18, who is a type 1 diabetic, and was also born with Down syndrome. You've been married for, I've been, I think I've, hold on a second. What year were you married? 95. Ooh, you have me by a year. Ooh. Well done. Thank you. Although you rolled right into that second kid. We waited. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did roll into that second kid. And we were thinking about maybe having three, but yeah, the two kind of stopped us. Yeah, we got stopped. We Very similar situation. May I be uh, bold and ask, uh, the Down syndrome stopped you? Well, you know, it kind of did, but yeah. only because, you know, I by the time, well, I told my husband, we can have three. I'm good with three, but I need her to be walking because I didn't want to have the toddler and the carrier and a newborn, yeah. you know? 
And so by she started walking around three. And by three, you know, the five-year-old wasn't napping. And I don't know. We just kind of went, ooh, do we want to <laughs> start over? <laughs> are we good? <laughs> hey, listen, I had a very similar conversation with my wife. Our children are almost five years apart because I said, that one needs to be heading to kindergarten. Like, I don't, I said, I said, it'll be cool if he's around for like the first year when the baby's, you know, sort of like a, you know, like a big potato. Like, then it's easy, you know, but I said, <laughs> right. and I would, and I'd like him to be able to connect with the next child, whatever it ends up being. I was like, but as soon as that kid starts moving around, it becomes more trouble. I'd like the other one to be in school, if that's okay. That's how we, literally one of two things we've planned in the entire time we've been together was exact, exactly when to have Arden. Um, Right. For that for that very reason. Because of my concern that it would be difficult as I was to stay at home. Like my wife would have been like, here, take it. It's fine. I we, we, Exactly. I'm 48 and last night she's like, we should have another baby. She wasn't being serious. She saw a baby on television. And I was like, see how free and easy she can say that? Because what she would do is like, you know, hand it to me and then be here. like. <laughs> exactly. Here, I got you that baby you asked for while you were watching TV nine months ago. No, 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 no. It's not what I said. No one said that. Anyway, exactly. So, uh, your son, well, I guess at the moment, everyone's home, right? Everyone's home. Yeah, my son is a sophomore in college. Um, and then Amanda, who's the 18 year old, is a senior in high school. Okay. So, my sophomore in college, I walked in to say goodnight to last night, and he's got this, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of like a footlocker in his bedroom, but it has one of those raised up tops. So you, you ever see those coffee tables where you can raise the top towards the sofa? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's got a um, like, like a footlocker in his bedroom like that, right? And so it's next to his bed. It's been drug across the room, and it's been lifted up to go along the side of the bed, and there are drinks on it and snacks. <laughs> and he's asking me, 20 years old, how do I get Disney Plus on this TV? <laughs> Uh, yes i hear you and i just started laughing at him and he's like what i'm like nothing you just you look comfortable (laughs) that's all i just what i was thinking was i haven't been that comfortable in 30 years but that's fine Uh, i know (laughs) i feel like all i've been doing is cooking since he's walked in the door 100 and 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 he wants to be on his own schedule with the cooking i was like this isn't school man this isn't the mess i was like right you can't roll up on me at 1 a uh, 1 in the afternoon and be like what's for breakfast because breakfast was five hours ago (laughs) (laughs) but i actually at the end of our conversation told him uh, i said i'm really sorry about you know you missing out on school this year and you know his baseball season got canceled and everything but we've been going out to this you know piece of grass where nobody goes around here and throwing and hitting and I mean, if I'm being honest, from my perspective, it's been very nice. So, um, yeah, I'm sure good. he's. I'm sure he's like, I can't believe I have to play baseball with this old man, but <laughs> I like it. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, you're, and your daughter's finishing up high school from home too. Is that a bummer? Well, you know, we have been homeschooling for about seven years, oh. so this is no different for her. Yeah, starting in about middle school, the special ed department and I didn't hit it off, so. Gotcha. I had pulled her. Yeah, we had pulled her from school in about sixth grade. So this is, yeah, this is normal for her. She's just thrilled that her brother's home. And yeah, I see that. You know, it's all good for her. It's Arden's spring rolling break. with it. Arden's on spring break, which is amazing that they gave them spring break. I, I pulled my wife aside and I was like, they never would have done this for us. If this happened like 40 <laughs> years ago, they would have been like, spring break, you're already home. Shut up and keep working. But um, I know. But she's been working on her 
clothes. She likes to design clothing. So she's been doing that. Um, but, but I have one question and then I'm going to jump backwards for, for a minute. Uh, how, how old was your daughter when she was diagnosed with type one? She had just turned 17. 17. So we've only been in it a little over a year. Okay. Is there any sign of type one diabetes through your family? There is not. We have some type twos, Mm -hmm. but, um, no, no type ones. I did not realize. So my daughter was born with hypothyroidism, okay. which now I know is an autoimmune mm-hmm. <laughs> issue. Um, and so I guess autoimmune issues tend to be more prevalent in people with Down syndrome. Okay. Um, but does not necessarily mean type one. So I've only met a handful of people online that have Down syndrome and type one. So it's not just super prevalent, but people with Down syndrome tend to have more autoimmune issues in general. Carrie, you know you've been screwed when you're in a uh, an online chat group with six other people for health reasons. You're just like... <laughs> exactly. You're like, well, this is fun. Yeah. So it's us. <laughs> Hi, guys. All right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Nobody get bored. Everybody has to keep coming. Yes. So yeah. I, want, I want to go backwards and try to understand, because your email to me it struck a it struck a chord when I read it, um, because and, and you know listen you've listened to the podcast long enough you know I'm just going to say what I'm thinking right like we're not going to like good d- dance around and I'm assuming you wouldn't be here if that was the case. <laughs> the um once this well listen back when malls were a thing and we were allowed to go outside with other people, um, I would for, for you forever see an adult with Down syndrome whose parent is with them and their parent you can't even decide how old they are. Like you look at them and you're like, I think that lady's 110, you know? And, (laughs) and I always, I always remark to my wife and and I think of this as a very loving thing. I always think that woman just probably feels like she can't die. Do do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Like, um, like I, like I, I have to stay here as long as I possibly can. Um, and I want to know what that's like. Like I I really want to understand before we get to the diabetes, what it's like for you as, as, as her mother and, and what it's been, you know, I want to know what it was like in the beginning, in the earlier years and how it's progressed through time and and what your responsibility actually looks like. Do you think you can talk about that? Yeah, I would agree with you. We do feel a tremendous amount of responsibility and the world is a really scary place for somebody that's that vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So you kind of feel like you have to be their sounding board and their, I mean, she's amazing. My daughter is funny and adorable. And we joke that she could run for mayor because she's just greets everybody and, you know, hi, how are you? And, Mm. you know, but she doesn't have a whole lot of decision-making skills that are great. So, you know, in a world that you don't even want to send her out the door by herself, it's hard. And it's hard to think about the future where somebody could potentially, you know, absolutely take advantage of her. So in like real terms, if she came up to me and was friendly and I had designs on doing something wrong to her, I could be friendly back to her and then just suggest that she and I go somewhere. And Oh, absolutely. And she'd be like, sweet. Yeah. Met a new friend. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. 
I see. So that's, you know, and it's just, it's scary as a parent. No, I, I listen, I have a son who doesn't have Down syndrome and I sent him out the door and felt almost exactly the same way, except my feelings were reasonably baseless. I was just worried. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. Right. Yeah. There wasn't a real thing I was concerned about. You, you have a real, a real thing. So tell me what that looks like um, in public. Are you just, you're with her constantly, I would imagine. Constantly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And is that at any point, is it something you've like given yourself over to? Because I'm assuming there's a, a, a fair amount of your life that you've, you know, usually we talk about backburnering our lives while we're while we're being parents, but there's no backburner for you. Did you just do you give it away? How do you how do you handle it in your mind? Yeah, in my mind, that is exactly what you do because what is the option? I mean, I can't sit around and I mean, I will tell you that when my son left for college, that was kind of a it was like a reminder, almost a slap in the face, you know, like, oh, this is what it could have been like mm. for her. And, you know, like my husband and I actually like each other. We wouldn't mind being empty dusters at some point, you know? <laughs> and it was just kind of like, oh, no, this is, no, remember, this is reality. Nope, she's going to be here and we're it's just the three of us. Now, I'm not talking about intellectually, just um, res- your, your level of responsibility. What age would most of us who have been kids relate to your day-to-day activities with her. Like, is it, is she, you know what I mean? Like, is it like being with a a 10 year old? Like that, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, no, she can. um, Well, I say she's a really odd mix of an 18 year old. I mean, she absolutely has an attitude and would like to be, you know, on her own and do things independently. Um, You know, like I do still kind of help her shower so she can get in, she can turn the water on, but just motor wise, she doesn't do a great job washing her hair. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I still have to prepare food for her. She can't, I mean, she could make like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a little bit of assistance. Um, but she's super petite. And so like, she can't even reach our microwave. I wouldn't trust her with a microwave anyway. Um, but like she can feed herself and she could toilet herself and, you know, so it's not, um, I wouldn't say it's hands on the whole time, you know, I don't even know what age to put her at, but I'd say, yeah, I'd say probably 10 ish. Gotcha. And then does she, what's her level of under like self awareness about her situation? Zero. She thinks, I mean, she knows she's amazing. We've told her she's amazing. She has no idea she has Down syndrome. Right. I mean, if you said, you know, do you have Down syndrome? I, she'd look at you like, what are you talking about? Right. You know? <laughs> and it's not because you're keeping it from her. She just doesn't see herself that way. No. Right. She just, no, not at all. No. It's, um, it's, it's nice, actually, because the more people I talk to, the more um, I feel that from people. I, I say this a lot, but I go back to, um, I was interviewing Sam Fold the first time, and I asked him if he was ever concerned that his kids were going to get it. And he had... Um, a response that was so similar to what you just said. Like, why would it matter if they got it? I have it. I'm a person. Do do you know what I mean? Like, it was just a very, I don't know, what he said that moment always stuck with me. So you said she's very much like an 18-year-old. 
um, boys? Oh, for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Bieber, Sean Mendez. (laughs) Yeah. I I see. I see. Is there any, does she do any um, social stuff with other kids with Down syndrome? A ton. We have an amazing support network here. Um, Yeah. So we have, I mean, we have a group that just does social things and then she's in a music class and she has played baseball for the last I don't even know how many years, probably 12. She plays soccer, um, swimming lessons, you name it. Yeah, she is super social and we have a great group of kids. But, you know, I would call like kind of her core friend group. Okay. Um, now, um, so now I'm being serious. Is there a, a, is there a thought ever that one of those boys is going to ask your daughter on a date or she's going to ask someone on a date and they're going to say, I want to get married. And is that something you think about? It is somewhat something we think about, but I don't, the reality of it, I think would be very tricky. Well, especially now with the type one. Yeah. I mean, before the type one, I would have said, you know, very easily, I, kind of a group home situation obviously with people we knew right you know that sort of thing but now it's a little little bit trickier would do that piece right um right i'm just uh by the way i is it proper to always say down syndrome or is there a shortened version you use like what's the what's the word no it's just down syndrome yeah I know. Seriously. Like, just say DS, maybe. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking of like every time I referred to Arden, I was like, Arden, come here. We have to change your pump because of your type 1 diabetes. I'd be like, wow, there's a lot of right. words. Why are we always saying that? And we never say Down syndrome. So it's not a thing for us. So. <laughs> right. And But when you're discussing it outside of, like with me, I'm a, a lay person for this. Right. Yeah. You, like, yeah I was just like, I, I kept thinking like any second carrier is going to say it like, DS, man, it's DS or something like that. I don't know. But um, (laughs) anyway, uh, okay, so being married in a group home situation, meaning someone taking care of the bigger things like you just discussed about washing or meal prep, you think she could have been, but but the diabetes piece, you know, it's so funny. You have the same concern every other parent with kid with type 1 diabetes has. (laughs) I know. It's very odd. And I hear, I mean, I've listened to so many podcasts because we don't really know anybody that has it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're still new enough that I'm just trying to get as much as I can, you know, information wise and practical living and all of that sort of thing. But uh, you know, it's just mine isn't going away. It's like I got it. Yeah, well, as, as far as, as I mean, far as obviously, time. no, but yeah. no, no, yeah, as far as time goes, right? Yeah, right, because right. everybody, because there's no handoff, like, there's not going to be, oh, if she's just in this grade, or if she's just this age, or if she's just, you know, yeah, like, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to get to this point, to this point, to this, and you're, you don't, you're just trying to every day, for and we time. don't have that point, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear that, I really do. I, you know, yeah, I think I've mentioned it a time or two, but. When I first became a stay-at-home dad a very long time ago, it was not a common thing for men to do at the time. I think it's more common now and becomes more common as time move, moves forward. But when I was doing it, I got looked at very oddly, uh, and I I really wanted to do it. But 
I was, um, my expectation of what it was, was more about like functionality. Like I'll feed that person and clean those clothes. And like, it, it felt like a job to me when I first started doing it until I recognized the things my son really needed that my, I always thought my wife would have just known to do. Do you know what I mean? That I sort of had to learn to do. And then once I was doing them, there was just this moment where I felt like, oh my God, is this the rest of my life? Am I going to get up every day and do this forever? And what are we going to have another kid at some point? I'm going to start over again. And I just had to find like real meaning in it in, in my, right. In mundane things. And uh, I always use just cleaning the house as an example, but you know, it sucks. Like it just, the laundry sucks and (laughs) cooking and every morning of my life, I, load a dishwasher and run it like every Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, doesn't matter. I get up, I feed those dogs. I take those dogs outside and I say those dogs because they're lovely, except I take care of them constantly. And so they, they've become a task and instead of a dog, like if somebody takes care of your dog for you, what you have is a puppy that you can, you know, but when you're the one taking care of it, you're the one outside when it's 12 degrees thinking like, oh my God, just pee on anything so we can go back inside, please. You, you know, and then it's, then it's the next step and the next step and, you know, the floors need to be cleaned and, you know, and then you have to sweep the kitchen and go grocery shopping and none of it is fun. Uh, right. And I thought one day, but it is building a, a, a solid base for my kids to grow up in. They have an expectation about cleanliness and preparedness and stuff like that. And that's really valuable to them. And I had to find real like um, satisfaction in that. Do do you know what I mean? And, and I did. Yeah. And I absolutely did. Um, Because yesterday I realized when my son came downstairs and I was in the kitchen washing dishes, there's something comfortable about the fact that I'm there to him. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like in the back of his head, he's like, that guy's always going to be in my house doing something, supporting me. And it's sort of like a touchstone for him. Um, and that makes, right. makes me happy. But it took me a while to get to it. And I was really only having to talk myself into it on a 20-year game plan. Um, <laughs> you, you know right. what I mean? Like, I am dying to know, like, what are the conversations like between you and your husband around those sorts of things? And where did the diabetes care fall to? The Omnipod tubeless insulin pump is a mainstay in my daughter's life. She's been wearing it now since before kindergarten. See, I'm starting to lose track of the years, but she's 16 now. So for a very long time, my daughter has been wearing an Omnipod tubeless insulin pump every day, and it is an absolute friend on the journey with type 1 diabetes. I don't know if you understand the nature of tubeless or how much you understand about pumps in general, but every other insulin pump, with the exception of the Omnipod, has a piece of tubing that goes from a controller that you have to wear like on your belt or in your bra or, you know, in your pocket. And then the tubes go from that controller all the way to an infusion area on your body. Not the Omnipod, though. Omnipod is small and self-contained. It adheres, and that's it. When you want to talk to it, you just use the personal diabetes manager. It's a little PDM, and then you can put it away. You can stick it back in your purse or whatever you want to do. But it's not connected to the pump by a tube. And that gives you a lot of freedom. Freedom to play sports unencumbered or to take a shower. People with a tube pump 
have to disconnect their insulin to shower, to swim, but not Omnipod. You can just jump right in. The greatest part about this is that you can get a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod sent directly to you so that you can wear it and see for yourself. You do that by going to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Fill out the tiniest bit of information about yourself and just like magic, a whoosh, it shows up at your house. The whoosh was magic, in case you were wondering. Or the mail, which is also kind of magical when you stop and think about it. Pay somebody a couple of cents and a letter shows up anywhere? That's magical. It's not quite as magical as not having to inject three times to eat pizza, but it's pretty close. Now, what are you going to want to complement that beautiful Omnipod that you're wearing? A Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. This thing is the next level of understanding. You're used to testing your blood sugar and seeing, hey, my blood sugar is 150. Great. Is it 150 and rising? Is it 150 and falling? Is it stable? You know, what does this mean? Is my basal not strong enough? Should I have bolused more for my meal? I, I don't know what to make of this 150 number. But with a Dexcom, you see the speed, direction, and number of your blood sugar whenever you want, constantly. And you can see it right there on your iPhone or Android or on the Dexcom receiver. Let me look right now for Arden's blood sugar. Ooh, Arden just ate a little food. Her blood sugar rose a bit. She's 139, but I can see that she's coming back. So I don't feel like we need more insulin. I think we did a good job here. I can see that right here on my phone. Arden is um, taking her PSAT right now. How do I know that, right? How come she's not here and I know that? Share and follow. Dexcom G6 users can have up to 10 followers. They can choose a school nurse or a friend or a parent, sibling, a loved one. Or if you're a little child, mom could be watching you while you're in gym class. The possibilities are endless. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started today. I'm going to tell you right now, no BS. Dexcom is one of the best decisions my family has ever made. You can find out more about all the sponsors in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. But if you want that free demo of the Omnipod, it's myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more about the Dexcom G6. I almost forgot. Veterans, United States veterans through the VA, Dexcom is now covered at 100%. Go to my link, fill out the form, find out more. Let's get back to Kari. What are the conversations like between you and your husband around those sorts of things? And where did the diabetes care fall to? Well, when she was born, we just kind of embraced it. And in our conversations, when it sounds kind of bad, but, you know, we'd say worst case scenario, she's with us forever. But that's not a worst case scenario for us at this point, you know, but like in our mind, that was like, okay, if the worst thing happens, she's here. Yeah. Right. I mean, and we do our lives with her, you know, as a part of it. Um, and so we've always been fine with that. Now with the type one, I mean, even when we were in the hospital after she was diagnosed, we just kind of looked at each other like, well, our world that was kind of small just got a little bit smaller. <laughs> You know, it, it the the tether got a little bit tighter, um, and we you just kind of have to roll with it. 
And for, you cla- know, for clarity I mean, and karma reasons, you've never overthrown like a sub-Saharan country or you don't run drugs through like Guadalajara or anything like I that, mean, right? You're a decent we person. we stopped years ago, you know? <laughs> there's not... No. No, you don't, you, yeah. don't, you don't kill homeless people for sport or there's we, nothing like that in your background, right? We don't, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So pretty much the care is on me i mean my husband's working full time yeah um he's absolutely willing to do anything you know and we still soundboard off each other and hey i learned this what do you think about if we try that and you know but i mean we we kind of joke that i'm a stay-at-home mom but now i've become a stay-at-home pancreas because (laughs) you know i just can't go anywhere without her and the pdm and a bag of stuff you know I tell you, stay-at-home pancreas is a strong contender for the title of this episode. Yeah, right. There you go. What about the? What about some? What are some of the stuff that involves your like you know bathing? Like, does that? Does your husband stay out of that, or does it not matter? Does he? No, it doesn't matter. He's all in. Yep, he's awesome. Arden said. Arden said to my wife the other day. She goes, "Even if I got a boyfriend right now, Dad's still going to be the guy that's seen my ass the most." (laughs) and uh i I laughed because she wears her cgms on her hip and um yeah and she's you know they're in a weird position so she's like can you help me put this on i was like sure but she's you know (laughs) becoming a lady and 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 it's we had a short conversation about it one time i'm like are you all right with this and she's like i don't want to put it on myself and i was like gotcha all right right so she's like I'm, I'm i know i'm gonna put it in the wrong place and blah, blah, blah. i'm like okay i'm like it's right here i think you could do it and there's going to be a day where she's just like that's enough you, you know what i mean but at right. the moment it's yeah, yeah. 15 yeah. she doesn't she doesn't care still um doesn't bad an eye just get know, it done just get it done and so in your husband's eyes she's just a little girl and and she right. gets to feel like that well that's I guess there's something really nice about that, honestly. Yeah. 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 Is there, um, do you have that thing where you're just like, sometimes like, Oh, not now. Like I I can't right now. And and how do you manage your own health? Like, are you in super amazing shape? Oh, I wish. No. Cause I always think, no, don't you, don't you feel like, (laughs) like the diabetes always makes me feel like I need, I should be healthier. I should be around longer. Like you start thinking about like being alive longer, you know, just in case Arden needs something. Um, and then you realize like you're the person who has like the least amount of free time in the world. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're, you're <just> like, <laughs> yeah. If I like, if, you know, took my stress out on a run, that would be amazing, but I don't. So <laughs> what do you, how, how do you yeah. manage it? Alcohol? You know, it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I joke, but you can't even do that. Like, right. Right. No. Yeah. No, I know I'm not a drinker. So there's not that. Um, It's just a whole lot of being appreciative for what is going well. And when you have to think about it long term, it makes it easier, I think. Okay. Because, you know, it's not it's not like a thing. It's fine. Um, I mean, obviously, I like to go to Starbucks and you know, just sit for a while. But even then it's like, oh, I'm just constantly checking numbers. And, you know, it's hard to disconnect, especially when I feel so much responsibility. 
Do you have, you know, it's kind of, it's hard to turn it off. No, and I I definitely know that. Do you ever look at your husband and just like, I'm going to leave now and I'll be back sometime and goodbye or, um, not really. No, No. I mean, maybe when the kids were younger, but I think every parent has that, you know, when they've just kind of hit their limit, but no, not really anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. You've settled into a, into a real, um, acceptance, I guess is the word. Yeah, 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 no, I think so. Yeah. And does that bring clarity to you? Does it bring kind of calm and peace and Yeah, I think it does. Cause when you just asked me that, it's like, no, I don't really lose it very often. And you'd think I would. <laughs> well, no, no, you definitely think you would. You would I would think that but twice a day you'd walk into another room yeah. and be like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, you know, it's funny because once, you know, we started with the Down syndrome and there were some issues at the beginning and then you just kind of rolled with it. And it's always been, you know, they're a kid first and Down syndrome is second, Mm -hmm. you know, they're your child first and then you just kind of have to deal with this. And so after years of that, you know, then it was just like the type one was kind of like, ah, well, why not? throw it in there, you know? And so I still feel the same way. I mean, she's still a kid. We're still trying to, you know, keep her diet pretty much the same. I mean, we did kind of give up apple juice. That was a big one for her. Okay. And so after she was diagnosed, it was like, eh, let's just leave those for lows, you know? Right. Um, but I still try to think of her as she's just a kid, yeah. you know? I mean, a young adult, if you will, but you know, and this just kind of comes along with it, I guess. Does she see an adult endo? Uh, no, we are still, well, because she was diagnosed at 17, 17. we were sent <clears throat> to the children's hospital. How long are they going to let her go there? Um, until she's 21. Okay. And then we will have to switch to an adult, which I feel like by the time she's 21, I think I'll have a really good grasp on it and be okay with that yeah. you know well let's find out where your grasp is right now so when she was diagnosed they started her off would they give you a pen with insulin they, they did yeah. yeah so we started on pens and they actually started her on metformin also she presented very oddly and they weren't quite sure what to do with her okay so we started on injections and metformin and then like at our three-month follow-up the endo, which we hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't see him when we were in the hospital, um, had said, I don't think we really need the metformin. Let's take that off and let's just, you know, were they replace that if she needs more insulin. Were they thinking type two? I don't know what they were thinking. Okay. She just, I mean, when, because we obviously like everybody else, we didn't know it was coming mm-hmm. and the only main symptom she had was weight loss. Okay. So she was not nauseous. She wasn't, she never told us that she felt badly. Um, but her diet hadn't changed. I mean, I homeschool. I'm with her all the time. Yeah. I knew what she was eating. I, you know, and we ended up at a walk-in clinic right after Christmas with a pretty serious yeast infection. Mm. Um, and they popped her on the scale and I looked at the number and I thought, well, that can't be right. We'd had her at the pediatrician maybe in August. So sometime between August and December. Um, and she had lost like 15 pounds. And she's not just a big say, person. A small frame to begin with, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's like 4'4". Four, four. I oh. mean, she's teeny. 
Yeah, okay. she's teeny. And so I thought, well, that's not normal. Um, and so they gave us the medication for the yeast infection and, um, you know, have a follow-up with your pediatrician. And so we scheduled that and I took her in for that. And I said, you know, it was weird. I said, she's lost 15 pounds since August. And the pediatrician was like, yeah, that is kind of weird. Keep an eye on it. You know, put her on the scale. Like, don't be weird about it. But maybe once a week, you know, put her on a scale and see where she's at. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I had to Google, you know, like unexplained weight loss in kids. And the first thing that came up was diabetes and yeast infection because of all the sugar. Um, And so I think I waited another week or so. And then I called the pediatrician again and said, I don't think, you know, I don't, I just, it wasn't setting right with me. Mm -hmm. I thought there's really no reason for her to lose this weight. And so, um, we went back in and I said, you know, I'm sorry, but I Googled it and it came up with diabetes and she's like, she doesn't have diabetes. Like she's got no symptoms. She would be nauseous. She would be vomiting. She would be, you know, all of these things. And I said, well, if you're doing blood work, I said, would you just run it anyway? Just so we know. I mean, we had type two in the family and obviously, I mean, even when I looked it up online, I didn't it didn't even occur to me that there were, I mean, I knew there were two types, but I didn't really know the difference. And so I wasn't even scared at that point. Literally I was thinking, Oh, if it's diabetes, okay. Like, you know, we have grandparents with diabetes, they take medicine, they're fine, you know? Um, and so they did the blood work. We came home and maybe an hour and a half later, she called me. (laughs) She's like, how far do you live from the office? And I said, I don't like five minutes, 10 minutes. And she's like, okay. So her numbers came back really high. She's like, if you would, I want you to, you know, pack a bag because I've called the emergency room. They're going to be waiting for you. But would you swing by the office so we can do a finger prick just to double check that it wasn't a mistake? Okay. And so okay, she to get you, know, you and if, get you moving, but double check right before she sent you to the hospital. Well, she let's still just didn't be sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think she did. Yeah. All and right. of course, you know, I'm FaceTiming with my son who's away at school. So he's all up, you know, he's worried and I'm worried because I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like a bag? We haven't been in the hospital in years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like she's a pretty healthy kid. And I mean... Well, and so this was Monday morning and we had tickets, the two of us, Amanda and I, to fly to Denver on Saturday morning. So here I'm worried about the, the trip, you know, and so we go back into the office, they do a finger poke and she was like 447. And she's like, well, look at that. And she looked at me and she said, you diagnosed your child. And I'm really sorry yeah. that, you know, you kind of had to do that. And I'm, you know. And so off we went to the emergency, you know, yeah, off say, we went to the hospital. And Actually, I, I Googled did it. And is there a reason you couldn't have Googled it? Like, <laughs> I know. Well, and even when I went in that morning, she's like, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, the only thing in her mind was cancer. Okay. Because the weight and loss. kids with, yeah. And kids with Down syndrome have a higher incidence of getting leukemia, but oh, you're oh, typically oh. diagnosed before you're three. And so I didn't want to go there. You know, I was right. like, oh, no, we can't. We can't be dealing with that. Is it possible your your diabetes um, diagnosis uh, online was 
hopeful. Like you're like, it should, it would be better if it was this than what I'm thinking. Oh yeah. 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 Because at the time it never occurred to me that this is what management looked like Gotcha. with type one. Ever- you know, I was bliss- blissfully unaware. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, you're like a pill. I could do a pill. Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. We I- do a pill for thyroid. We're good. Yeah. We- she can take a pill. That's no problem. All right, I have a couple of, I have a couple of double back questions. One of them is just okay. because it's bothering me. You're in the um the upper northwest, right? Yes. But are you from there originally? No. Well, originally I'm an army brat. So I have, I was born overseas and I've lived lots of places, but my husband and I met in Denver, which is where our families are now. And we have moved, um, up here for, uh, for his job. Were you ever in the Wisconsin, Minnesota area? No. no. Uh-uh. You draw out your words. So do I sound like that? Well, I couldn't decide if it was if, if you'd been through Canada or there or, but it's Denver, that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Yeah, never mind. All right. Whatever. Yeah. I, at least I can stop thinking about it now. Um, okay. Yeah. Because you're telling me a really interesting story and I'm like, where is she from? <laughs> Unfortunately all over. <laughs> this just must be the blend that you, you picked up along the way. And then I, I, it need, must be. I need to go back and ask, um, you said Amanda's four, four is your son, mm-hmm. is your son, how tall is your son? He well, I did not bring any help into the mix. My husband is almost six feet. I'm about five feet. Okay. So my son is about five nine right. and a half, kind of in between us. And then um people with Down syndrome tend to be shorter in stature anyway. And so we joke that, you know, I really didn't help with that so, at all. So Amanda and she's she, not a dwarf though. Oh, no. Uh-oh. No. The no height, the she's just from... super. Got it. Yeah. And she was born super tiny. Um, so that didn't help either. The pregnancy was not an easy one. And she was two pounds, 10 ounces when wow. she was born. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So she has always been a little thing. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Okay. I, I just had to wrap my head around that because when you said her height, I thought that's must be a function of the down syndrome, but I needed to ask anyway. So that I yes and no. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, there's not very many tall people with down syndrome right. at all. And I, I did not contribute <laughs> to that I, part of I her. Gotcha. You drug, you drug the average backwards. <laughs> I and, did. Yeah. I did. I know my son looks at me like you were the, you were the thing standing between me and the height I want to be. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's wrong. Kelly comes from a long line of tall people, so I am definitely the, uh, I'm 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 the I'm the weak link in that in that chain for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So, at the moment, are you using the needles still, or have you changed your management style? We have changed to an Omnipod. We got that last November. Mm-hmm. So. We were on injections for just under a year. Okay. Did she, how did she tolerate the injections, by the way? You know, amazing. Okay. I mean, I cannot even explain. She is such a rock star. She absolutely rolls with whatever's going on. And at the very beginning, I would joke that there was no way I could lose it because she wasn't losing it. Hmm. I mean, she was just like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Not great, but okay. I was wondering about that. Like when you said, like, if I approached her and I was kind to her, she'd go with it. Is that how she accepts the diabetes too, or not that? Oh, for sure. Okay. 
I mean, she's not ever really, I mean, she didn't love the, you know, the biggest issue we had was changing out her Dexcom. She did not like having the adhesive pulled away from her skin. But once we figured out, you know, Unisolve and letting it sit there and now it just kind of falls off and she does it herself, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we have really zero issues around the management at all with her. Gotcha. And I mean, I'm so grateful for it because I hear stories, you know, yeah. of tears and throwing on the floor and, right. it's you know, be- I don't know if it's just b- because of her age that she's, a, a, you know, a bit more mature or if she literally would have been like that if we were diagnosed 10 years ago. I you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it, chasing a four-year-old around is one thing, but I don't want to be chasing right. an 18-year-old around for their for their I know. I know. I think they would know how yes. to get away, you know. <laughs> I know, yeah. So no, we're doing the pump. Um, and she seems to be fine with it. I mean, we had when she turned eighteen, we have to we had to go through a whole guardianship thing and mm-hmm. this lady had to come and do an interview and she had to talk to Amanda. And, you know, she said, I understand you have you know, that you have type one diabetes. What does that mean to you? And <laughs> Amanda just pulled out her um her Omnipod was on her stomach and she just kind of pulled up her shirt and she was like, right there, that's diabetes. <laughs> I mean, that was it. That's it. It's it all like, contained right here. Know? Right there. <laughs> that's what it is. So what's next? You know, yeah, I mean, cool. that's her, that's her understanding right there. Good for her. Because now I have to wear this thing and that's diabetes. Yeah. Well, listen, in truth, so, you know, that is, to her, that's exactly what it is. So do you, what what about her day to day management? Um, do you see a lot of lows? Do you see spikes? Like, how do you? Uh... We see hardly any lows. Okay. I mean, ever, even since she's been diagnosed. I mean, like I said, I've listened to all these different podcasts and experiences, and we have a handful of lows. I mean, hardly any. Um, we're still seeing some big rises even with pre-bolusine. And I think, you know, about the time we got the pump was about the time she stopped honeymooning because we have realized, oh, we're using a lot more insulin than mm-hmm. we used to. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we still see every, you know, every few days we still hit the 200 before we come back down. Um and I, I get so frustrated because I just want to master it and do the best I can for her, you know. Um, so I get super frustrated with that. But Makari, you've got nothing but time, so <laughs> I know <laughs> you're like a sci-fi movie of somebody who's like on a different planet and, and can't get home, but you know has enough food <laughs> and oxygen. So don't worry, you've got time. You'll figure it out. You're Tom. You're Tom oh, Hanks on that island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh well, my god. Well, so tell me about it a little bit. So she, when you say she doesn't get low when she goes two hundred, like what's the range you're shooting for? We have the alarm set for 7D for a low um, or 75, I guess. And then we kind of treat it 7D if we need to. And then our high, we shoot for anything under 140. So you're not going under 70, 75 very often at all? No. Good for you. It's weirdly, no. Like she's, yeah, she never gets low. And a bad spike is 200? Yeah. No kidding. That's really great, by the way. Where's your A1C come in? Well, we 
right after diagnosis, we had it at 6.3. Mm-hmm. And then with the pump and Christmas and Thanksgiving, we jumped to 7.2 was our last one. But right now, well, we have an endo appointment next week that will be by phone. Right. Um and her estimated on our app is 6.4. So when you switch- so we've kind of gotten it back under control. Yeah. I, what it sounds to me is it happens a lot too, is when you switch from injections to a pump, a lot of times the doctors sort of like don't have your settings as high as you need them. Do you know I what I mean? Agree. Right. For your basal, probably she, they probably had her basal too low. And yeah, we've know. increased basal. We've increased carb ratios we kind of tend to you know i don't know in the hospital they would always say round down round down well we always round up you know (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) round down no no i'm always like and another unit you know it'll be yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it'll be fine i really do wish people could see me with um you know with a pump in my hand on the pod you know as an example where you're pushing that that arrow up and you know because i didn't i don't use carb ratio like ratios like i'm not counting carbs then saying you know the pump says this much so i'm rolling the number up and i stop and push the button and arden's like is that how much you were shooting for i was like yeah somewhere around there it's fine (laughs) you know see and for me i kind of do that i mean i've gotten to the point where i pretty much know how much insulin it's going to take but i'm always thinking long term and somebody's going to have to take this over at some point and so I kind of want to stay true to at least some sort of ratios so that you can tell if somebody else else had to do it. Yeah. It's like, no, the pump is actually right where, you know, it seems like it never is, but I'm trying to get to the point where it is, where when I put in, you know, her numbers, that is how much insulin she should get. Well, you know, when you come to a point where, you know, this meal is seven units, you can engineer it backwards and change your insulin to carb ratio to meet what you know is right. Does that make right. sense? Right. And that's probably, it does. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably what I should do. I just, math is not strong for me and I don't want to do it. Oh, please. <laughs> I just, I, well, and I feel like I don't have to pass it off yet. I mean, you know, no, no, we're good for at least another 30 years, but what, you know, what I'm saying is if the pump says, you know, one unit for every 10 carbs, I don't know what it says. Right. And right. it's really one unit for every eight carbs, then just change the insulin to carb ratio to match what you see working. Right. That, that's all I'm saying. So, um, yeah, that's, that that's, you know, I mean, the doctor's just guessing when they set up your insulin to carb ratio. So you might as well go I with know. the data that you actually have that's working for exactly. you. Exactly. What are her meals? And like she this? likes. Oh, good. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, she No, she likes to eat pretty much the same things. I mean, you know, the other morning. Yeah, no. But now that we're all home, you know, it's like, oh, I'll make a nice breakfast. And, you know, she ate. She brought me her plate. She's like, yeah, tomorrow can I just have what I normally have? Like, she wasn't impressed. Yeah. You know? Stop with with the fancy breakfast and let's go back to what I Yeah, exactly. Can I just eat what I like? I got to be honest with you. I'm with her. I like a nice, uh, simple meal. So. Did you hear uh, yeah. online they're saying the COVID-19, the 19 is for how many pounds you're going to gain during your uh, Oh, <laughs> during excellent. Your <laughs> it's not the freshman 15. It's no, the COVID-19. It's the COVID-19, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, look at you. Now the COVID, yeah. That's another strong uh, opportunity for the title of this episode. But uh, there you go. So she likes a nice meal that is uh, that's simple and sort of what she – so that's helpful to you, right? Because you 
you can kind of figure oh, the meal out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, good. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because when after we got out of the hospital, well, I mean, so we got there, you know, like I said, on the Monday night, and we stayed for two days. And um, I think on the second day, I said, you know, we've got plane tickets on Saturday morning. Are we going to be out of here by Saturday? And they're like, oh, for sure, you'll be out of here by Saturday. And I'm like, can we fly on Saturday? And I think probably the best advice I got why we were in the hospital was your daughter is not sick. She just needs insulin. Right. So the quicker you get her back to her normal, the easier it's going to be on her, you know. That is definitely great advice, especially from a bunch of doctors who are probably high because of the weed thing in Denver and everything. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh. Anyway, um, and so... So we literally, we, the two of us got on the plane that Saturday morning and we went to Denver. And so, um, even just the distress, I mean, I guess I was going towards the, you know, she's, even when we were there, I could keep her meals pretty much what she wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, besides eating now. And that was, I didn't feel any pressure at the beginning to get it right. Cause I didn't know you had to get it right. You know, it was kind of like, okay, we'll try with this and see how it goes and well what you know, was your understanding but, of lows at that point like did you did you like that's interesting to me did they scare you about being low or how did that how was that in your head at the time it certainly no they didn't really scare us about anything i mean the feeling i got from the hospital was just overwhelming mm-hmm. i mean that's how i would describe it but no fear at all i mean it was if they, it was just, just like a discussion, if they go high, you know, the, it was, you know, if they get to 80 treat with 15 grams, wait 15 minutes, you know, the same rule that everybody seems to get, but there was no fear around it. So I, you know, but was there also not I, any awareness Did they explain to you what a low blood sugar was and what could happen I mean, to some extent, but no, not to like what could happen. Ah, so you had no. kind of a blissful idea of like, oh, I'll give her too much or too little. The number will go too high or too low and we'll fix it. And that'll be that. And move on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I gotcha. Yeah. That's, well, it's kind of, it, you know, it's, it's what you have to do. I just don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of you not understanding exactly, you know, what would happen if she got too low, um, going out the door. Right. When do you, when did you realize that? Was it like through online stuff or? Yeah, it was because even the first time she had a low, I honestly was like, well, do we really treat it? I mean, will it just kind of go back on its own or should I do something, you know? Yeah, because her blood sugar is always CGM going up. reading it right? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was so, you know, yeah. Well, that's in- it's super interesting. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But she just hardly ever goes low okay. and I don't know why. It's interesting. It really is. Um, okay. How do you find, I don't I don't, I'm trying to decide what my question is around this long-term. What are your, are your goals around management? Like, do you feel like there's any ability to teach her any of this or not or no? I, at this point, no, there's so much math involved mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, even if she, uh, okay, so like the other morning, I was super on it and I pre bolused and I was getting breakfast together, but I got a phone call. And so by the time she was actually eating, she had gone low. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, she holds up her receiver and she's like, mom, juice. So she does know that when it alarms low, she gets a juice. Like she has made that connection, but she was eating. And so I knew I didn't need to give her anything because the food, I mean, you know, give it five, 10 minutes, the food was going to hit her and it was going to be fine. So even in that situation, it's so frustrating because it's not black and white. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't even tell her, yes, every time this alarms, you come get me for a juice, you In, know? Unless we've just pre bolused a little too soon and you're already eating and the food's hitting you. So and you've already be, yeah. had half yeah. of your breakfast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how do you, you know, you've already had 40 of those carbs and those are working. I mean, that makes no sense to yeah. her at yeah. all. Yeah. Trust me, it and barely so, makes sense to me in the beginning. So. I know. No, I know. I know. Yeah. And so it's super frustrating. So, I mean, like at this point, because she's a senior in high school, we're looking at doing like the public schools have an 18 to 21 program Mm -hmm. and it's like a transition program. So they get them kind of like a part-time job that's not paid. I mean, it's just volunteer experience and they go with a job coach and do all that sort of thing. And so now all of a sudden we're trying to figure out, well, does she need a nurse with her full time? Because I've been homeschooling. We haven't had to worry about it. I've been able to manage it. Yeah. Well, you know, the job coach, isn't liable for medical things. <laughs> so um, they said the most a job coach could do if it was lunchtime, all they could say is, you know, Amanda, it's lunchtime. Don't forget to take your insulin. Right. That doesn't sound I was like, like well, a that plan. doesn't really work, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not at all. And so even after she turns 21, when she gets a part-time job, what does that support look like? Mm-hmm. You know? So you have to be thinking about the the horizon for Omnipod when it comes out, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yes. And we went with the Omnipod just because, like, motor-wise, I didn't think she could manage a tube. Yeah. I mean, I'm not – she she can go to the bathroom by herself. I'm not regressing on that. You know, I'm not – no, we're not messing with that. <laughs> Carrie's, like, Carrie's like, listen – a two, if a tube makes me have to go back in the bathroom again, it's a it's a non-starter. <laughs> it's a non-issue. We're not doing that. That's super interesting. Yeah. So by the time it was, you know, we were talking about getting a pump, it was like, do I even have to go to the pump class? Because I know if we're doing a pump, I want the Omnipod, you know. No, you still have to go and... I'd be, well, I'd know, be very but... interested to see how that, how an algorithm works for you and for her. Um, because she's yeah. on, on such similar, you know, meals and I, and am right. I, am I hearing like you can count on her to eat them? Oh yeah. She's yeah. got a fantastic appetite. Okay. Yeah. She eats really well. She's not picky. I mean, she's, she's easier to feed than my son. Right. So I'm, I'm just thinking, know. I'm thinking maybe that that ends up being really something spectacular for you. Because maybe I there is a way to so. set up like this is what, you know, this is the meal. This is how much insulin. This is what time maybe you could end up giving her. You know, I, it's funny. I was going to call it freedom, but she doesn't see it as that. Right. It's not to her. She's not. Right. Restricted. Yeah. yeah. You know, it would be for me. Yeah, I was going to say the freedom <laughs> would be her. for you. I, yeah. As I, I, I'm so used to thinking of it the other way. And then I, as I said, I was like, oh, that right. freedom is for you, not for her. Uh, yeah. I know. What is your husband's level of understanding of the diabetes stuff? Can he do it as well as you? No, but he's getting there. Good. Good. Yeah. 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 It's just, I mean, I'm around it 
literally 24 seven. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear that. I, I went out know. the other day, Arden was busy at home and, um, we were like at the end of a pump site maybe. And I had to go, you know, I had to go forage for food. <laughs> so I was <laughs> wrapped up and, you know, out, um, and her blood sugar was going up and I, you know, it's funny. I was in the store and I didn't take my phone out of my pocket because I just, I don't know, like it was in my head, like, don't touch your phone. Like, don't get involved in touching more things than you have to right. while you're here. And I got out to the car and got myself like, you know, uh, cleansed and I pulled my phone out and her, her blood sugar is going up and I came home and I looked at her and I was like, what, what's happening here? I was like, nobody did anything. <laughs> I was like, it can't, yeah. it can't always be me. You, you, you know, like I was like, <laughs> daddy was out killing a, 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 a deer to bring home for us. Right. <laughs> I mean, I was really just in the grocery store trying not to get, you know, coronavirus and buy a <laughs> pack of chicken breast, but still, you know, exactly. It felt idea. like well, it was slaughtering the, first, the animal. It, it felt, it's the first time it felt like I was out hunting. That's for sure. Oh, at the grocery store. And, um, and she's like, I didn't hear it. I was like, I, what? <laughs> so like, yeah. On, you, you had to have heard it, right? No, I didn't. I've been I've been concentrating on my schoolwork and blah blah. And I'm like, my phone's muted, and I was like, okay, all reasonable reasons why she didn't hear it, but like, I don't know. Like, it just I had that feeling, like, uh, all right, well, that that can't be like that. Like, I I have to be able to leave the house, and you you have to have an expectation that I won't see my phone maybe once or twice. But you're like, you're just on the hook. You really, Kari, right. you you really are. I feel uh, I feel for you here. I don't know what the right word is, but you have my whatever it is. Um, sympathy, yeah, go ahead, empathy, say it. sympathy, <laughs> um, concern. Uh, I don't know. Well, you definitely made a lot of people feel good about their situation today. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can help one person, well, I feel like you've helped a, a, a number of thousands of them. They were just like, huh. My shit's not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no kidding. Well, listen, you, you. I want to kind of finish with this idea. Um, I, I say all the time. I just got done saying it to a buddy of mine the other day. I was like, until your kid has something like this, you don't really know perspective the way I know perspective, but you know perspective right. way better than I. Right. Do. Yeah, yeah. Which I felt like I already had it. I mean, come on. Right. You know, like. Really, do I need more? <laughs> but my question is, do you have more? Um, I don't think so. Down syndrome gave I you mean, all I, the perspective I, you can get in life? All that I needed, yeah. <laughs> it, it prepared me for the type one. How about that? No, yeah. No, I mean, we were already on a different path to begin with, yeah. you know? I was really just wondering, like, is there perspective beyond what people living with diabetes have? And apparently there's a ceiling. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think mine is just long term. I mean, literally long term. I mean, for everybody that has those little kids and they feel horrible about them having to manage it themselves when they get older, yeah. you know, I mean, at least Amanda doesn't have that burden somebody will have to do it for her. Okay. So she's fine with life. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, really she doesn't know any different at this point and she doesn't seem to mind and she rolls with it. And, right. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't, I mean, I've never seen her like, Oh, don't you remember mom before this? 
yeah. was like this, you know, there's none of that. It's just, this is what we're doing now. And okay. If that's what you're doing, that's what I'm doing. And yeah, she really does just roll with it. Well, so I, I just from my up. point of view, go ahead. I'm sorry. Your point of view. Well, I think it's just, you know, like I said before, I can't lose it because she's fine with it. Mm-hmm. So I have to be fine with it. Do you do anything for your mental health? Do you speak to a therapist or like, is there something out back you shoot a gun at or something like that? Like, what do you do? I I don't. I should probably have one on retainer. No, I mean, literally, I, I think it's just my personality. I don't know. Right. And like I said, I mean, I've had her for 18 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't be in therapy my whole life. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, <laughs> you're you're 80. Your therapist is 110, and you're like, this isn't fair. And and she's like, like, you say that yeah, every week. Exactly. <laughs> We'd be like an old married couple. <laughs> yeah, I guess at some point. So at some point. Yeah, you really do. You know, it's just yeah. And so, I mean, I have my moments, and I do really well for a while, and then, I mean, with the Down syndrome, I never even thought about that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean. And it's funny because now I think of the, you know, my friends that just have Down syndrome, right? I mean, it's like, well, look at them. What are they complaining about? Those you know? lucky mother <laughs> kids just I have know. Down syndrome. I'll bleep that out, but that's what <laughs> that's how I that's how I see you in your car looking over there, like there they are. <laughs> I know, whatever. And so now that is even taken a back burner. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like Whatever, it's just Down syndrome. That's fine. But my life now looks totally different, yeah. even than it, you know, even than it did before. Well, we named and the I podcast thought... episode together a minute ago, by the way, because this one's going to be called Perspective Ceiling. Just so you know, uh, that's what there I, you go. That's what, because that's what I that's I was like. That's exactly what this is. You've you've literally have so much clarity. There's no more left to get. It it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess we shouldn't say that, like, you know, your leg is going to get, like, lopped off in a car accident (laughs) or something like that. You're like, doesn't matter to me. (laughs) Bring it on. You're like the end of a war movie where they're, like, shooting the guy in all of his limbs. He's like, whatever, my buddy's got out. I don't care. Uh, You know, you're just just like, my God, Kara. (laughs) At least Um, you're laughing. I just... (laughs) I know. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, you either laugh or cry. So, yeah, you know, and I I've definitely cried. That's for sure. But you can't stay like that forever. No, you no, know? no I couldn't imagine. And, I mean, that would really ruin you and her and everybody, right? If you just, right. if you got caught up in it, or if you were unlucky enough to be an anxious or depressed person by nature, I mean, really, this, right. would, this would grab you and just shake you. Um, kind of push you over the edge. No, you would yeah. think, right? Do you know anybody who's in that situation who has their own who isn't, you know, a you know, a glass is half full person to begin with who then gets the down syndrome put on top of them because I mean, you see it with diabetes a lot. There's, you know, for every person who comes on here is like, "Oh, I figured out how to use the glucose monitor and it's made a big difference, Scott." And I'm pre-bolusing. There's 10 people out there like, "Yeah, I'm too anxious to pre-bolus and I'm depressed and, you know, like that kind of stuff is is more prevalent than I think some of us give credit for, but do you see that in your, in that community too? Or are there some people who are just beaten by this in a way that's hard to put into words? And not in my circle. Okay. But I guess too, that those are people who were reaching out already to make a circle. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 
Right. And now our kids are 18, 20, 21. And, you know, maybe if I knew them when their kids were born, you know, because we always we all have those birth stories where right. it's just like, oh, it's like some people knew, some people didn't. Um, and I guess if you're not one that can handle it, you have already dealt with that. Oh, you know? that, that didn't occur to me. Did you know before Amanda was born? We did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had, you had we time did for know. that too, to, to think about it. Yeah. 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 And some people will say, oh, I wish I did. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I would have done, yeah. you know, but for us, well, we just wanted to know what the sex was going to be. You know, like with my son, we didn't have, we didn't find out. It was like, oh, our first one, we're going to be surprised, ah, you know. Yeah. And with this, the next one, it was like, you know, I'd kind of like to know so I could at least plan a little bit. Yeah. And you know, when we first did the ultrasound, they thought it was even worse than Down syndrome again. <laughs> they thought she had hydrocephalus. Okay. And then they said, well, maybe hydrocephalus and Down syndrome. And so when the results came back for Down syndrome, it was kind of the same feeling. It was like, oh. Well, if it's just Down syndrome, then that's fine. It's, you know, like, I'm going to ask you a personal we question. We can handle that. And if you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. And if you want me to cut it right out, I absolutely will. But did you consider ending the pregnancy? No, never. never. Okay. No. I mean, our our OB said, you know, I'm your doctor first. Right. And I'm her doctor second. So you're at that time that if you want to, you have so many weeks to decide. Mm-hmm. But no, we would have never. Gotcha. No. Is that a um is that a decision based in belief, religion, just being a parent? Like where did that where what was your perspective on making that decision or not even considering it? I think both. I mean, we are fairly religious. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was for sure a part of it. You know, it was like, well, if this is our child, then this is our child, okay. you know, and it's already your child. So, I mean, I don't want to judge somebody else if that was their decision, but, that's you know, who's to you. say that, yeah. that, you know, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, that's your kid. You can't decide what they're going to be like in 20 years. Why decide before they're even born? hundred percent. No, I was just wondering, I I was just wondering where, I mean, because it has to come up. Like somebody had to say to you, whether it was you or a doctor or that's what I was thinking is that it didn't. Right. We only had one person actually verbally say, you know, you could just terminate and move on. Okay. And I was shocked. I mean, shocked. What's that? Was it a family member? It was. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, are you kidding? And I just had to chalk it up to um, uh, stupidity. (laughs) I mean, you know, like, how dare you? I wonder wonder how many people just heard that and thought, oh, I'll, I'll, uh, maybe I won't get so upset next time somebody asks me if I gave my kid too much sugar because it's basically the (laughs) same, you know, it's a similar statement, right? It's exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your life has been interesting. Um, and it has. How old are you? It has. I'm 45. Oh my gosh. You're like, you're you're 45 in age and like 213 in <laughs> wisdom and, and experience. <laughs> you should be a cleric. Well, People should come uh, no, to you and ask but... their life questions. <laughs> do you I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get out of this in a second, but do you find um that other things in life just aren't overwhelming the way you see some maybe sometimes people you know like on social media are are thrown by 
the simplest things sometimes do you find that those things just bounce off you oh absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean even you know my son played select soccer for years so super competitive super mm -hmm. high level and the parents on the sidelines were just i mean you know they're sports parents but when you come from a soccer field where there's kids that can't even walk like mine can, she can run, right. but there's kids on the team that are using walkers or needing to be pushed in a wheelchair to participate. Yep. You kind of stand on the sidelines and go, well, you know what? <laughs> like they're pretty gifted yeah. and they're really talented and they're in great shape. And as long as none of them lose a tooth during the game, we're good, nice. you know? And they'd be like, how can you be so calm? Like, well, what difference does this game make? I think I've heard you say, like, yeah. even for a baseball game, like, I don't know what the score is. I'm just watching them play, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, I would know what the score was, but I didn't care. Yeah. You know? Like, they're out there, and they're amazing. And be grateful that you have a kid that can play at this level. No, I agree with you. I feel badly sometimes for people when they're so wrapped up in something that I think is is uh, is is incredibly momentary and isn't going to matter you know, uh, in a day, let alone a week or a month or a year. Uh, and, right. and, and at the same time, I get it like they're, and I'm happy for them. Their lives are not encumbered in a way where they have to think that way or, or that they're drawn to think that way. Um, but no, right. I've definitely had people say things to me and in the back of your head, I, you just think like, you know, if I give my kid too much insulin, something bad happens to her. Uh, it's hard for me to get upset about what you're talking about. Like, I just, I feel like I have a different perspective. I don't have yours. Um, yours is super, right. Yeah, yours the, is like the Avengers of perspective. <laughs> but the type one diabetes just makes it that much more. You yeah. know, I mean, it was there to begin with, but now it's life or death. You know. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you something. If if it means anything to people with younger kids, uh, I think the way that we've dealt with my son playing baseball is one of the reasons why he's still playing it because at no point yes. during this time, have we treated this moment as the most important moment. It's always exactly. been now for later. And you know, you're learning something today, you're getting better at something today. Um, and when you take away the immediacy of, of um, the need for success, then it can look like a, a long game. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, right. you can say to yourself, I'm working out on, I don't know, a part of my body or a skill at age 15 that I really don't need until I'm 20. So I have five years to, to develop it and get it right. Because if I don't succeed with whatever success looks like when I'm 17 in a high school baseball game, who cares? I'm really just trying to be ready to play in college. And if you can step back and see the big picture like that, not only does it make the entire thing more enjoyable, it actually gives you the opportunity to, to succeed. Because when you start measuring success every Saturday afternoon, that's a, that's a full, that's a fool's errand. And it knocks most it's people out. It's a slippery out. slope. Yep. Yeah, it knocks most people out. At, at some point they have a failure, which everyone's going to have. And they see it as such um, a, a treadstone moment for them that they think, Oh, that's it. I'm not right for this. I can't do it. And then they give up instead of just it feeling like a building block. Anyway, I'm yeah. a genius when it comes to parenting is what I've just got done saying. I really understand. Well, that. as am I, oh. so you're in good company. Damn right. 
right. So uh, no, I mean, I love it. My stuff, yeah. you know, my college student is a totally different person than he would have been oh. had we not been in this situation. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that for certain. What What's your son going to college for? He a physical therapy. Huh? Good for him. He enjoys yeah, that. Yeah, he's nice. thinking physical. He does. Yeah, nice. he likes the athletic part of it. So maybe like athletic training. He hasn't decided. But so, you know, kinesiology kind of covers a lot of that. So, well, listen, as long as he can get a job, because you need somebody to leave that house. <laughs> listen, you're definitely leaving, just so you know. <laughs> Mommy and daddy love you, but there's no way really you're living here much longer. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You were getting the hell out of here, just so you know. <laughs> we're going to turn your bedroom into a crying room. Just <laughs> we're going to put a lot of pillows and a futon and. Anyway, all right. Well, you were delightful. I really appreciate you wanting to do this and taking the time to do it and getting up so early in the morning um, and and, yeah. and being delightful Thank like you. this. Now, your day is like, un- can you go back to sleep now or you're you're done? You're up, right? Oh, no. Nah. No, yes, I'm up. You're like, sleep? What's that? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I really appreciate that you found the show and that you reached out and wanted to be a part of it. Um, I, I, I've had a really yes, good time thank talking you. to you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a huge source of information for me. I'm glad. So it's been fantastic. I'm, re- I'm really glad. Hey, huge thanks to Kari for coming on the show and sharing her life as the parent of a child with type 1 diabetes and Down syndrome. I'd also like to thank Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Please go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box to learn more about my daughter's tubeless insulin pump. And of course, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to get started with that Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. If you're a U.S. veteran, your Dexcom G6 is now covered at 100%. Go to my link and check it out right there through the VA hospital, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. It's a big deal. Congratulations to all of you. Do you have a great diabetes practitioner or would you like to find out about one? I have a link for you. Juicebox podcast is proud to present juiceboxdocs.com. It's a great list of doctors that have been suggested by listeners of the show. They send me the doctors, I make the list. That's it. That's how it works. So if you have a great doc, send them over. And if you're looking for one, the list is growing every day. There may just be one near you. I just added some today for Michigan, North Carolina, and Switzerland, I think. Juiceboxdocs.com. And if you're looking for those diabetes pro tip episodes, they start at episode 210 here in the podcast. You can always listen in your podcast player. But if you're looking for a quick reference for them, diabetesprotip.com. It's also a handy little way to share them with others. Two more things, then I'll let you go. Please, if you're listening in a podcast app, and you probably should be because it's really handy, but if you are and you haven't subscribed to the show, please hit subscribe. It helps other people find the show. Moves me up in, you want to hear the back room of this? If you subscribe to the show, which doesn't cost you anything, the show gets pushed up in search results. That's it. That's how simple it is. So the next time somebody types in type 1 diabetes into a podcast player 
what they get back is the Juicebox podcast. So if you'd like the show to be found more readily, subscribing is an easy way to help, and it makes actually a, a really large impact on the searchability of the show. Last thing, data. How do I want to say this? First of all, I should probably say data so the data people don't get all upset at me. But we get to answers more quickly when we have more data. That's how science works. And that's why I hope you'll consider supporting the T1D Exchange and their registry program. And it kind of maybe sounds scary, like they want your data. But they, they ask these fairly banal questions about living with type 1 diabetes. But from those answers, which, by the way, is completely anonymous and 100% HIPAA compliant, but from those answers, they derive data or data, depending on who you are, I guess. Or maybe right now you're thinking, no, Scott, it's definitely data. They derive this data that helps drive innovation in type 1 diabetes. I don't know what the data is going to do next. I can tell you it's already made impacts on things that have helped people living with type 1 diabetes. You know, I've talked about them before, but the ADA sets a a goal, A1C, and doctors go by that goal. And data that the T1D exchange collected and made sense of helped the ADA lower that goal. And that's a healthy thing for people. Dexcom being covered by Medicaid, Medicare, I think it's Medicare, that came in part from that data. It helped move the process along. Test trips that are now covered by all kinds of different insurance plans that weren't covered before. That also happened because of this data. And more is coming and more is possible. And the more data they have, the better case they can make. And the better case they can make, the more impact they're going to have on the lives of people living with type 1 diabetes. Now, why am I telling you about this? It's a simple and easy way to support research and the show, and it doesn't cost you a dime. You can drop out of it whenever you want. Like, say, six months from now, you're like, oh, I should have never done that for reasons I can't imagine why. But let's say you thought that. Just tell them that's it. My anonymous data, I don't want you to have it anymore, and they'll purge it, and that'll be it. So anyway, if you're still listening, you might actually be interested. Go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. It took me less than 10 minutes to join the registry. You have to be a U.S. citizen who has type 1 or who is the caregiver or a parent of a person with type 1. But that's it. Less than 10 minutes, you'll help move this forward and you'll help support the show. T1D Exchange needs up to 6,000 participants. And uh, there are easily more than 6,000 people listening to this podcast. So if half of you guys went and did it, it would be amazing. If all of you went and did it, I'll tell you what, if you guys do that, if somehow 6,000 people, say you guys go and fill the registry at T1D Exchange, I will move the show to three episodes a week instead of two, because a lot of people ask me to do that, and it's a lot more work, and it's a lot more of my time, so I can't do it. But if you guys filled the registry, I'd be able to afford to do that. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box support the show support research honestly you're just doing a great thing that it supports the show as a bonus see what you think when you get there i'll talk to you soon